Hare Krishna. Welcome to this episode of Bhagavad Gita. Today's verse is chapter 3, text 42 of Bhagavad Gita. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Agyanatumirangasya Gyananjana Shalakaya. Chakshuran Melitam Yena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam, Stapitam Yena Bhutale, Swam Rupa Hakadama Hemdadatisva Padantikam, Vandeham Shri Guru Shri, Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha, Shri Rupam Sagrajatam, Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tamsajivam, Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha <coughs> He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Welcome to this episode of Bhagavad Gita and uh, today's topic is chapter 3, text 42. Just a second. Please chant after me, word by word. Just before that, I would like just like to check the status of the live stream. Looks all okay. All right. Indriyani, Parani, Ahu, Indriyabhya, Param, Manaha, Manasaha, Tu, Para. Buddhi Yah Buddhe Parataha Tu Saha <coughs> Now let's chant line by line. Repeat after me Indriyani Paranyahur Indriyabhya Paramanaha Manasastu para buddhir <coughs> Yo buddhes, yo buddhe parate paratastu saham 
इंद्रियाणि पराण्याहुर इंद्रियेभ्य परम मन मनसस्तु परा बुद्धेर यो बुद्धे परतस्तु सह Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Kijai. Translation, the working senses are superior to dull matter, mind is higher than the senses, intelligence is still higher than the mind, and he, the soul, <coughs> is even higher than the intelligence. Purport. The senses are different outlets for the activities of lust. Lust is reserved within the body, but it is given vent through the senses. Therefore, the senses are superior to the body as a whole. These outlets are not in use when there is superior consciousness or Krishna consciousness. In Krishna consciousness, the soul makes direct connection with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, the hierarchy of bodily bodily functions as described here ultimately ends in the Supreme Soul. What does that mean? <coughs> what does this sentence mean? So in today's verse, there is a hierarchy that is mentioned. The working senses are superior to the dull matter. This body is made up of matter. And even a dead body has seemingly the entire shape of the senses and all the body is still intact. (coughs) But the senses are not working because the soul has gone out of that body. So the senses are in shape only but they are not functional. In that state, it is just a mass, a lump and it is not of any use. So our body is a lump of matter but higher than the body is the senses or the senses because the senses actively engage with the material world with the objects of the senses Hmm. whereas the body just like a dead body for example it does not engage with the objects of the senses right so this is the body this body is always dead even while it is so called alive it is dead it appears alive because uh, it only you know, um, is because of the presence of the soul. Otherwise, it is dead. So, the body by itself does not engage with the objects of senses, but the senses do, especially when the soul is there. So, therefore, the senses, which are interfaces, you know, with the material world, that those are higher than the body, therefore. <clears throat> but the mind is the leader of all the senses, and therefore, and mind is the center of activity. Mind is the center of all activity. Um, therefore, mind is superior to the senses. The intelligence creates the determination using which the mind will carry its activities forward. The mind's activities are dependent on the intelligence determination. So, that is a function of intelligence, the de- determine, I mean, to have determination. So, some people have determination, say, for example, to build their body, bodybuilding. So, it requires a a great deal of energy, (coughs) a great deal of perseverance to build, um, say, like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger (coughs) or Bruce Lee. Great deal of determination is needed. 
so that is also determination but and and after that determination the mind engages in engages the senses and the you know the working senses are put into action and then the desired result is achieved so that is determination <clears throat> or even to you know do a business successful business or to study for the exams it all requires determination so what is the determination that the intelligence decides depending on that the mind will act and you know carry forward the activities so because the mind's activities are dependent on the determination of the intelligence therefore the intelligence is higher than the mind and he the soul is higher than the intelligence we because intelligence without the soul what is that that, that doesn't there's no meaning to that so the soul is the center of all activities but in this material world it acts through the mind firstly it it identifies itself wrongly because of false ego and then because of that determination or that understanding and then there is this strong determination to act on the bodily platform and because of that determination the mind acts engaging the senses and the senses interact with the objects of the senses in this way we attra- we interact with this material world <clears throat> now in this sentence though it is said in krishna consciousness the soul makes direct connection with the supreme personality of godhead therefore the hierarchy of bodily functions as described here ultimately ends in the supreme soul now we have body senses mind intelligence soul that that is how much it is explained here but then there is the supreme soul paramatma or krishna so there is where it should end and in fact to control the senses and engage them in the service of the supreme soul we need knowledge from the supreme soul and the soul receives it and the intelligence deliberates on it and then once the determination is based on that knowledge then the mind's activities are you know uh, made in uh, accordance with that conviction and then the mind has unlimited desires to execute service and then the mind uh, you know um, gives orders to the senses to serve and that's how one can fully spiritualize one's existence <clears throat> so that is what it me- is meant here ultimately ends in the supreme soul <clears throat> bodily action means the functions of the senses and stopping the senses means stopping all bodily actions but since the mind is active then even though the body may be silent and at rest the mind will act as it does during dreaming while we are asleep the body is at rest the senses are at rest but the mind is still acting and therefore we we have dreams and we think that is real and all that but above the mind is the determination of the intelligence and above the intelligence is the soul proper now just now we have read i mean heard about determination and because of that determination or whatever this intelligence is fed whatever information is fed to the intelligence the intelligence will create the determination according to that knowledge that's what the intelligence does and 
that conviction that determination forces the mind to act in that way now if i am convinced because of my association karanam guna sangosya sadasadyona janmasu so according to my association if i associate with say um, drunkards and one day my my intelligence you know will be convinced that you know after all these are nice people you know they are not bad people you know slowly slowly the intelligence is act- accepting the fact that drinking is not that bad after all and when it is totally acceptable then one will also take it you know so in this way um the intelligence whatever is convinced and convinced about so that happens because of the association so many people are convinced in their atheistic manner they con- they convince that the god is not there why because they associate with similar atheists they subscribe to that philosophy and they contemplate like that and then krishna he is as paramatma he is giving that intelligence matta you know matta smriti gyanam apohanam cha see it 15.15 we have the information that sarvasya chaham hridasannivishto matta smriti gyanam apohanam cha especially the first two lines is a, is what i wanted to quote this i am seated in everyone's heart and from me come remembrance knowledge and forgetfulness so if somebody wants to forget krishna and believe that there is no god so krishna gives that facility all right if you want to forget fine from me come remembrance knowledge and forgetfulness also so if somebody wants to forget all right if that's what you wish so that's what we wanted and we came into this material world and here also we are carrying forward that atheistic mentality and those who are especially carrying it forward very strongly zealously they are made to forget because they wanted to forget krishna gives them the facility to forget and because of that they are convinced about the materialistic way of life and because of the convictions the mind has so many desires and then the senses act engaging with the objects of senses and in this way people create different different paths and different destinations they reach <clears throat> now let us see the kinds of determination there are in determination in the mode of goodness passion and ignorance that is explained uh i think it's at let's see 18th chapter of bhagavad gita i think it's 26 let's see it is somewhere here i think it's 35 maybe yes now you see 18.33 18.33 of bhagavad gita dhritya yaya dharayate manah pranendriya kriyah yogena vyabhicharinya dhritih sapartha satviki o son of pritha that determination which is unbreakable which is sustained with steadfastness by yoga practice and which controls the activities of the mind life and senses is determination in the mode of goodness 
let's read the purport also yoga is a means to understand the supreme soul one who is steadily fixed in the supreme soul with determination concentrating one's mind life and sensory activities on the supreme engages in krishna consciousness so this is real yoga yoga means connection to connect to join so <clears throat> nowadays yoga means just you know some fancy exercises but although they, these asanas are part of the yoga hatha yoga system and they have they may have some side benefits like health effects but that's not at all the aim of yoga the aim of yoga yoga means to connect back with god we are now in a state of vyoga disconnection we don't have faith whether god is even there but our natural position is to be completely in conjunction with the lord and always act by his desires so that is yoga to come back to that state of connection with the lord <clears throat> so one who is steadily fixed in the supreme soul with determination concentrating one's mind life and sensory activities on the supreme engages in krishna consciousness that sort of determination is in the mode of goodness the word avyabhicharanya is very significant for it indicates that persons who are engaged in krishna consciousness are never deviated by any other activity now yesterday we have read that intelligence is like yesterday or day before yesterday the intelligence is like a prostitute especially material intelligence because it is not instead of being fixed on the lord it is you know um many branch just like a, a prostitute or unchaste woman is you know uh not fixed in one in one man so like that intelligence is like that of those who are materialistic that is explained and in this word vyabhichari avyabhicharanya is the opposite um that not no deviation no moving away moving away from the single pointed attention at of serving krishna vyabhichari means prostitute vyabhichari avyabhichari means chaste woman hmm. like <laughs> for man there is brahmachari hmm that is what he has to be you know and then you know vanaprastha sanyas but the woman must be avyabhichari charini so that means she has to be chaste so there is the so since we are all female compared to the supreme male krishna we have to be chaste to krishna but now we are acting like a prostitute because our intelligence is not chaste to krishna it is just having so many desires it's not chaste you see of Bhagavad Gita ಅವ್ಯಭಿಚಾರಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೆಂಗ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೆಂಗ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೆಂಗ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೆ
we are only acting on our determination everybody everybody has their own ideals of our values of life right everybody believes their own values in life some people are convinced about this this is the right thing and then their mind their senses will follow that if somebody is convinced that i have to steal stealing is is good this is how i can maintain my family if he is convinced like that and he associate with similar similar other thieves then he will be convinced that that is the way so it is about how we associate our convictions develop our determination develops so that determination if it is focused on krishna how can i increase my krishna consciousness and what should i do to increase that always you know in that direction that is proper intelligence um <clears throat> there is another nice verse 9.4.66 you see mai nirbaddha hridaya sadhavah samadarshanah vashe kurvanti mam bhaktya satstriya satpatim yatha as chaste women bring their gentle husbands under control by service the pure devotees who are equal to everyone and completely attached to me in the core of the heart bring me under their full control very very appropriate shloka it is um it is actually showing the shloka is showing actually lord narayana himself is speaking this and he is showing here what is the quality that will attract him the pure devotees uh, bring krishna under their full control just as a chaste woman brings the, her, her husband under full control uh, sometimes even if the husband is wayward if the if the wife is chaste she will bring the husband under uh, her control hmm. that is was the case with even prabhupada's sister she you know very in a chaste manner she served her husband her husband was like a drunkard womanizer but <clears throat> she changed him into a devotee uh, and then we have examples of even that um, uh, what is that in the shastra i have shown this in the shikshashtaka classes forgot where it is that this um woman she is the wife of a leper brahmana and let, let's see if we can find her out yes here we got it this is actually from the <coughs> shikshashtaka that explanation so chaitanya charitamrita antilila chapter 20 text 57 the wife of a brahmana suffering from leprosy manifested herself as the topmost of all chaste women by serving a prostitute to satisfy her husband she thus stopped the movement of the sun brought her dead husband back to life and satisfied the three principal demigods brahma vishnu and maheshwar the power of a chaste woman you know she could satisfy the three brahma vishnu and maheshwar and she could stop the movement of the sun i mean who can do that she actually did it the story is there and in the purport it is there we will read that she did that just by the power of her chastity a, a man gets his mystic powers by practicing yoga system you know where a woman gets her power by chastity the same power as what the man gets by yogic practice she gets by chastity 
That's why it is said, how powerful was Bhishma Dev? As powerful was Gandhari. Because she was so chaste to her husband, Dhritarashtra. Now, how come this lady, the wife of this Brahmana, suffering from leprosy, became so powerful? Now, you see this purport. The Aditya Puran, Markandeya Puran and Padma Puran tell about a Brahmana who was suffering from leprosy but had a very chaste and faithful wife. Now, this, this person is a Brahmana but he was suffering from leprosy and he had a very chaste and faithful wife. He desired to enjoy the company of a prostitute. You look at him. He's already suffering from leprosy. He had a chaste wife looking after him but he was so ungrateful he wanted to enjoy the company of a prostitute and therefore his wife went to her and became her maid servant just to draw her attention for his service. She was thinking, I have to serve my husband no matter what. And, you know, my husband was wanting a prostitute. I mean, he's already a leper. Still, even she was taking care of him so nicely, he wanted to enjoy with the prostitute. And she, in order to satisfy her husband, went to the extent of going to that house of the prostitute and serving her as a maid servant and satisfy her with her service. <clears throat> then the prostitute, prostitute asked, what do you want? Um, my husband wants to enjoy with you. Please enjoy with him. You know, please uh, satisfy him. Like that, you know, she, she asked like that. I mean, where can you find a wife like that? So here it is said, and therefore his wife went to her and became her maid servant just to draw her attention for his service. So although she was her servant, her devotion was not to her, but to her husband. See that? When the prostitute, although you see, it looks like she was after, you know, serving a prostitute, but actually she was serving her husband. The chastity is so strong that even when there was, you know, absolute chance of complete breakage of the marriage, she was so fixed in service to the husband when the prostitute agreed to associate with him, the wife brought her the leprotic husband. You see, she brought the husband to the wife, this prostitute. When that leper, the sinful son of a brahmana, saw the chastity of his wife, he finally abandoned his sinful intentions. While coming home, however, he touched the body of Markandeya Rishi, who, who thus cursed him to die at sunrise. You see, now what happened? When he, when this, <laughs> this wife, she did not even tell the husband that she was going to serve the prostitute. She just went silently and as if she went to the market or something, she went to the house of the prostitute and served her nicely as a maidservant and then went to the market and then bought whatever things to be bought to the, you know, to the home, like that. And then she did not even tell the husband. She wanted to give him a surprise. And finally, she, she took him to the prostitute. And then the man felt so bad. He felt so embarrassed by this and, and really regretted his, um, you know, thinking. And he, he, he denied, I mean, he, he did not want to go ahead. Then while coming home, he touched the body of Markandeya Rishi, who thus cursed him to die at sunrise. Because, <clears throat> because of his sins, he had to be, he was, that arrangement was made that he had to be cursed because he, his thought was so bad. Although his wife was so good, his thought was so bad. 
So it has been arranged by the will of providence that Markandi Rishi had to curse him to die by the next sunrise. Now this wife was so chaste, you see, because of her chastity, the woman was very powerful. Therefore, when she heard about the curse, she vowed to stop the sunrise. This was her chastity, that she wanted to stop the sunrise to save her husband. That chaste you are. I mean, with what power you can stop the sunrise? <clears throat> but she did it. You know, a chaste woman can do unbelievable things. Like Sita, Mother Sita. She walked through the fire. How was that possible? Because she was chaste. Not for a single moment did she forget Lord Ram. And therefore, she could walk through the fire and completely unharmed. That means she was purer than fire. Fire is considered very pure and we even sterilize things with fire. But she was so pure that fire could not even touch her. She could not be burned by fire. Um, that pure. So, they can do unbelievable things. And similarly, even Gandhari, she closed her eyes. She was so beautiful princess. She was the one, the most beautiful actually at her time. <clears throat> the most beautiful princess of her time in the world. All this Miss Universe all have no match. No match at all. And when she heard that her to-be husband, arranged by the parents, was blind, was a blind man. She immediately covered. She did not complain. Hey, come on, I'm a beautiful woman. I know you should give me a handsome man. And you know, what is this? You know, what is what kind of arrangement is this? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to marry Tantum. No, nothing. As soon as she found out that her to-be husband was blind, she immediately covered her eyes. And later on, when um, Duryodhan, you know, <clears throat> was going to go for battle with the Pandavas, she actually asked him to come before her naked, completely naked. He did not, uh, he did not understand why. But mother said, he was a fully grown up man. I mean, he had children already by then, grandchildren. And um, she asked him to come naked before her. And he was going to her chambers, naked, completely naked. And um, Krishna, he knew what was going on. So he, he came, you know, hey, come on, come on, what is this Duryodhan? At least have some decency. Huh? Cover your private parts at least. Then he put some leaf, you know, some you know, some leaf he put to cover his private parts. And then he left, uh, he went to the chambers of his mother. Then, then he told, um, Ma, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Um, then she said, all right. Then she opened her eyes. Then she looked at him from top to bottom. Then she regretted that he covered his genitals. <clears throat> and with his genitals, he also covered some of a part of his thigh as well. Now, what she wanted to do was, she, by opening the eyes, she looked at him from top to bottom and his body became like armor. No arrow, because she wanted to make him invincible in battle. That's what she wanted. Because she had love for her son. But then, when she, when she opened her eyes and looked at him from top to bottom, she was disappointed. Mind you, that was the first time she was looking at her son. Her whole life, she did not even look at the sun. You know, voluntarily she closed her eyes. Look at the chastity. Because of that, she got so much power that she, just by you know opening her eyes and looking at him, he she made her his body. She made his body steel like steel. But because that part, the private part, was just covered, 
and part of the thigh that part could not be made um, like steel and later on Bhima hit the thigh and finished him he was dead although it was against the rules of warfare but you know <laughs> as I say all is fair in love and war although it is not exactly fair in um, Kshatriya warfare but because the, Pan- the Kauravas also resorted to so many you know improper acts like you know the uh, rigged the rigged uh, gambling match and also in the war also they killed Abhimanyu without proper um, rules so many things so and Bhishma Devi also did not speak up when Draupadi was being disrobed that was a total act of injustice all these things they've done so therefore it was it was a tit for tat so in that way it was bona fide so and Krishna actually asked Bhima to do that now when Gandharis looked at him she was so disappointed why why did you have to cover no I mean Krishna I, I was coming naked but you know Krishna passed by and, and you know, he asked me what is this and, and of course I, mean, I had to cover you know what to do you know he said, ah, Krishna always has a plan I mean she understood the plan of Krishna that her, her son had to die but still the body became like steel the rest of the body so what I'm trying to say is the power of the woman the woman can get unlimited yogic power just by becoming chaste and here this lady just an ordinary woman seemingly wife of a leper brahmana did not even have a qualified husband and he was looking for a prostitute completely fallen but her chastity was so powerful that she vowed to stop sunrise I mean ಸಾಧಿಪುರುಷಂಗ್ಯಾಂಗ್ಯಾಂಗ್ಯಾಂಗ್ಯಾಂಗ್ಯಾಂಗ್ಯಾಂಗ್ಯಾಂಗ್
of course this is not to be imitated oh now you start worshiping all the demigods and ask for benediction to worship krishna we can't imitate this because the guru is the sum total of all the demigods so which by worshiping guru everything is you know all the demigods are all satisfied what to speak even krishna is satisfied but even though like in gopis you see they look like they were doing katyayani vrata they were actually doing you know krishna puja and also another example is yudhishthir maharaj he performed rajaso yagya and he performed in a battle and so many yagya ashwamedha yagya but although these are karmakanda activities he was not interested in them it looked like he was engaged in karmakanda but he did that because krishna asked him to do that's it his interest was just to serve krishna so although it looks like although just like this woman wife she want it looks like she is a servant of a prostitute and when you serve a person who is so bad then you get all bad qualities but she was actually serving her, serving her husband so although it looks like she is doing something else so what i'm saying trying to say we have to be chased like this to krishna the intelligence has to be single pointedly focused on krishna even though we may be engaging in this world in so many activities our mind completely uh, especially our intelligence and then with the intelligence the conviction and the mind will be engaged therefore this is the exact reason why krishna said in the 8th chapter 7th verse of bhagavad gita tasmat sarveshu kaleshu mamanusmarayudhya cha mayarpitamano buddhir mame vaishyasya samshayah therefore arjuna you should always think of me in the form of krishna and at the same time carry out your prescribed duty of fighting with your activities dedicated to me and your mind and intelligence fixed on me you will attain me without doubt the mind and intelligence should be fixed on krishna the mind just like amrish maharaj the mind he fixed on krishna so how did he do that because he was convinced with spiritual knowledge that his intelligence was convinced that this is actually the path and my mind should just be fixed on krishna because of the that's why it is said mano manah phalam tad gunachat tad gunatatva chintanam the the fruit of the mind i mean that means the the real success of the mind is to be always thinking of the gunatatva chintanam the the philosophy of krishna consciousness and the intelligence has to be has to deliberate on that then the mind will be engaged in the service of krishna and then all the senses will follow so if you see in the sanskrit mayarpita mano buddhir now today we have we know that the body senses mind intelligence falls ego and then finally soul and then supreme soul so coming back see this <clears throat> but above the mind is the determination of the intelligence and above the de- intelligence is the soul proper oh yeah we do not actually see the other determination 
18 dot we have seen 33 but we'll see it again you see again yogena avyabhicharanya this is avyabhichare so this is osan of pratha that determination which is unbreakable which is sustained with steadfastness by yoga practice and which thus controls the activities of the mind, life and senses determination in the mode of goodness. <clears throat> Another verse and then we will come back here. See, this is 14.26. Manchayo vyabhicharena is apostrophe means avyabhicharena. Yaha avyabhicharena becomes yovyabhicharena. Sandhi. Otherwise, it is avyabhicharena. Again, this word, you see. One who engages in full devotional service, unfailing in all circumstances, this is called Avyabhichari. Unfailing, just like the wife, her devotion to the husband, the chaste wife, so strong, unfailing. Even there is complete reasons to give up the husband. I mean, there is absolutely no reason to live with the husband. But still, the the devotion of the wife does not change even, even flinch a little bit to the husband. That means she is completely chaste. So, like that, similarly with Krishna, although there may be every single reason to forget him and go away from him, that means even if everything goes wrong seemingly, because Krishna tests our determination, at every level, he will test our determination. And if we are giving up on our determination to serve him, that means we are not chaste enough. We have to be purified even more. So when one comes to that point, you see, one who engages in full devotional service, and when we say full, not a second or a fraction of a second lost, that is full devotional service. Not just full-time devotee. Oh, yes, Prabhu, full-time devotee. No, even when I am full-time, I can be spacing out completely. <clears throat> there is so much scope for improvement. It is not that just by donning this color, you know, full-time, you know, we are doing devotional service. No, the mind is still going here and there, right? So, that has to be, it's an ongoing process of, you know, removing the gaps lesser and making them lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser until there is no gap. Complete remembrance of Krishna all the time. Otherwise, it's like fragmented attention on Krishna. You know, you know, in between there is like loads of other thoughts. So that gaps should reduce and reduce and reduce and reduce. And then when it becomes no gap, and then not just no gap, then it becomes even more overlap, overlap, and become very dense. That is called Sandrananda, intense, dense happiness. So unfailing devotional service will bring that. That's why it is said Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma. Prasannatma, na shochati na kaangshati, samasarveshu bhuteshu madbhaktim labhate param. See, one who engages in full devotional service, unfailing in all circumstances, and at once transcends the modes of material nature, and thus comes to the level of Brahman. So, what happens when it comes to the level of Brahman? 18.54 Then, Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma Na shochati, na kaankshati, samah sarveshu bhuteshu madbhaktim labhate param. 
he has no more lamentations no more hankerings completely happy so happy one who is thus transcendentally situated at once realizes the supreme brahman and becomes fully joyful he never laments or desires to have anything he is equally disposed toward every living entity in that state he attains pure devotional service unto me look at that so when we do an unfailing uninterrupted devotional service then we become come to the level of brahma bhuta which is transcendental to the three modes and then we can become completely happy and engage in krishna service and then one is awarded the pure devotional service so we have to become to the plat- platform of nishtha nishtha means fixed up nice tiki what is that um every morning we sing um what is that shrinivasa swagata krishna how come i forgot uh, nashta nashta prayashu yes nashta prayashu abhadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya uh, bhagavat uttama shloke bhaktir bhavati naishthiki this naishthiki sorry missing naishthiki means irrevocable the means cannot be taken away now fixed so by regular attendance attendance in the classes on the bhagavatam and and by rendering of service to the pure devotee all that is troublesome to the heart is almost completely destroyed and loving service under the personality of godhead who is praised with transcendental songs is established as an irrevocable fact by regular attendance in classes on the bhagavatam and rendering of service to the pure devotee <coughs> nityam bhagavata sevaya nitya means always unfailing uninterrupted ananya ananya means without any um, distraction that kind of practice we must be accustomed to we become we should become acclimatized to that and that's why it is said 8.8 abhyasa yoga yuktena ಚೇತಸಾನಾಮಿ just as a chaste husband i mean chaste husband chaste wife serves the husband and brings him under his under her control similarly my devotee krishna says brings me under his control with his pure devotion that means a pure devotee is completely chaste that is explained here not a moment is lost sarvabhutastham atmanam sarvabhutani chatmani ikshate yoga yuktatma sarvatra samadarshana 6.29 bhagavad gita a true yogi observes me in all beings and also sees every being in me indeed the self realized person sees me the same supreme lord everywhere and krishna says for such a person 
योमां पश्यति सर्वत्र सर्वं च मयि पश्यति तस्याहं न प्रणश्यामि सचमे न प्रणश्यति फॉर वन हु सीज मी एवरीवेयर एंड सीज एवरीथिंग इन मी आई एम नेवर लॉस्ट नॉर इज ही एवर लॉस्ट टू मी सी हाउ यू नो दिस रिलेशनशिप इज सो वेरी what is that sweet between the lord and his devotees <clears throat> so that is the thing that we need to learn the intelligence should be like that otherwise it's the intelligence of a prostitute as we have learned yesterday just how to attract this man and that man and this man and that man that's the intelligence of a prostitute now our condition is like that so going back we will see the sorry okay that's determination in the mode of goodness right now determination is in the mode of passion now see what happens yaya to dharma kamarthan धृत्याधारयतेर्जुन प्रसंगेन फलाकांक्षी धृतिसा पार्थराजसी बट दैट डिटर्मिनेशन बाय विच वन होल्ड्स फास्ट टू फ्रूटिव रिजल्ट्स इन रिलीजन इकोनॉमिक डेवलपमेंट एंड सेंस ग्रैटिफिकेशन इज ऑफ द नेचर ऑफ पैशन ओ अर्जुन दिस इज व्हेन द इंटेलिजेंस इज कन्विंस्ड एंड डिटर्मिन टू फॉलो द फ्रूटिव रिजल्ट्स इन रिलीजन इकोनॉमिक डेवलपमेंट एंड सेंस ग्रैटिफिकेशन so he wants to follow the vedic path you know but his aim is to get fruitive results so these people are passionate they are phalakankshi you know that means they always want the result the result oriented people they want to achieve something in this world whether it is in this life or the next life or like that purport any person who is always desirous of fruitive results in religious or economic activities now in today's context many people are not religiously inclined economically yes everybody is inclined and they want results of economic results they want to make business they want to make money so anybody who is desirous of these things whose only desire is sense gratification and whose mind life and senses are thus engaged is in the mode of passion then 1835 yaya swapnam bhayam shokam vishadam madameva cha namuchan navimunchati durmedha dhritisa parthatamasi and that determination which cannot go beyond dreaming fearfulness lamentation moroseness and illusion such unintelligent determination o son of partha is in the mode of darkness purport it should be it should not be concluded that a person in the mode of goodness does not dream here dream means too much sleep dreaming is always present either in the mode of goodness passion or ignorance dreaming is a natural occurrence but those who cannot avoid oversleeping who cannot avoid the pride of enjoying material objects who are always dreaming of lording it over the material world and whose life mind and senses are thus engaged are considered to have determination in the mode of ignorance so yeah now you see in all the three ver- verses the purport we we see this phrase 
whose life, mind and senses are thus engaged. That means, his modes of activities, his mind and senses are dependent on his determination, on how his you know, determination is acting. If the determination is in the mode of goodness, that way. And passion and accordingly and then ignorance accordingly. So, this is, this is important to understand that what, what we learn here is that how the intelligence creates the determination, in which mode, that way our mind and then our senses will be acting. So, if our intelligence and mind are put in the mode of goodness and especially Shuddha Sattva, pure goodness, then one can become Krishna conscious. So, how? How is one convinced? How is one convinced of a certain mode? Now, how does one have determinations in the mode of ignorance or passion? When it is not a good thing, when, then how is he convinced? The conviction is because it is not by um, so-called logic or so-called you know, brain power that we get determined in certain way. It is according to what we are fed. We are fed one thing and then our determination stays in that way. And then we, if another thing is presented, we will reject it first because it doesn't appear, uh, it doesn't tally with what we have already experienced. For example, God is a fact, but the atheistic, scientific-minded, so-called scientific-minded person, he is taught from the very beginning of life to see life in an atheistic way. So, when something, the opposite conclusion is presented, he will automatically reject. Because his intelligence has been contaminated with this ignorance, which he thinks is knowledge. And this is why it is said, Mayaya Pahrata Jnana. The knowledge which is stolen by illusion. And because of that, his determination is misplaced. Such misplaced intelligence and misplaced determination creates a, a prostitution of intelligence and therefore, we cannot be chased to Krishna. In this material world, everybody, each one of us, we have come here because we have engaged in the business of prostitution, of intelligence. And that's why we are here. And now we must learn how to become chaste to Krishna. And that's the exact thing what Krishna consciousness is all about. The whole progress, whole process of Krishna consciousness is this. And another feature in today's verse, like we have this gradation of senses, right? I mean the body and then the senses and then the mind, intelligence, soul and then supreme soul. Below the mind or in the body level, there are the five elements, gross elements, which is Panchabhuta. Bhumir, Apa, Anala, Vayu, Kham. That means earth, water, fire, air, ether. So these are the material elements, gross material elements. And then the three subtle material elements, which is Mana, Buddhi, Ahankar. Seven dot four of Bhagavad Gita. So Bhumirapo Nalo Vayu Kamano Buddhirevacha Ahankara Iti Yamme Bhinna Prakriti Rashtadha is also gradations. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego all together, these eight constitute my separated material energies. So each one is 
higher than the other in subtlety it will become more and more subtle the earth is the grossest the most physical the most tangible thing in this world then water is a little subtle because it doesn't have a fixed shape you know it just moves and there's no um, what is that smell whereas earth has even smell and then so it can only be perceived with four senses earth can be perceived with all five senses water can be perceived with four senses what are they hearing feeling seeing and what is that taste uh, tasting water but smelling no there's no smell but of course water if it is contaminated with some other substance then it has smell that means that water is not pure water it is mixed with some earth element some chemical or whatever it is flavor that is coming from earth any flavor comes from earth so when a water when a juice for example has flavor smell and taste that means it is it is mixed with earth element that's why every fruit has different different tastes because that flavor is is taken from the earth so the the flavor of the orange the flavor of the banana the flavor of the mango it's all in the earth otherwise where it has come from it is in the earth but krishna by his mystic power through the potency of the seed he can extract that particular taste from the earth that flavor smell so um, this is subtle science so anyway so like this there are then the water is a little more subtle because only four senses can perceive it and then the fire only three senses can perceive it there is no um, taste the rest are there and there's no taste and smell so you no know, you say fire has smell you know when there is fire you smell something right that means some earthly element is being burnt again it has to be earth earthly element so that's what causes the smell otherwise fire itself has no smell it has only form it has sound it has feeling so it it appears i mean it, it with our skin we can feel fire with our sound we can hear fire and then with eyes we can see fire so and then air only two two senses it can't be seen but it can be felt it can be heard then sound or um, ether can only be with one only sound so the air there is feeling in the ether there is no feeling also the skin also doesn't the, you can't find so in this way each as we go higher and higher it become more subtle and more subtle and subtle means we can't um per- perceive these things with our gross senses it becomes lesser and lesser and lesser and mind none of our the five senses can perceive the mind but you know it is there you know it is there but you can't you can't feel it with any of the five senses you can't hear it you can't touch it you can't see it you can't taste it you can't smell it but you know it is there so this is even more subtle and higher than that is the intelligence which is even more subtle and higher than that is the false ego which is even more subtle the misidentification with the body that is a false ego that is so subtle it's very hard to pinpoint that we we have a problem we have the problem is our false ego that i misidentify myself ego means identity 
ego we're not meaning ego means the you know pride and not that ego means identity i what is my identity that is ego false ego means false identity i think i am matter this true ego true ego means i am the servant of krishna still the i is there so, mayavadi is they say we should we should remove the i i means pride you know aham mamata i and mine we should remove that so we should i should never say i <clears throat> there was a foolish follower of mayavadi philosophy who used to who used to visit us at our book distribution regularly when we were on the street you know he's a i don't know he, he's just like a vagabond he just he just roams around in his you know barefooted and it's like a like a hippie you know hippie kind of person so he was a um, some somewhere, somewhere from the western countries maybe america but he always stayed in singapore and then we used to see him in book distribution on the streets so every every time he comes to us he irritates us he tries to irritate us and then he says he will put on this you know a like very serene face then he will come to us and say how are we he doesn't say how are you or i am fine he doesn't use the word i we we are all one this mayavad philosophy he is actually into this mayavad philosophy and all that i don't know if he is into anything else substance abuse i don't know he looks always drugged out but <clears throat> he says like that he comes to us and says with a, with a fake peaceful look on his face and how are we he will ask like that then we will <clears throat> we will have some fun arguing with the guy for some time before we ask him to get out <laughs> because we in the beginning we were actually quite patient and you know quite try to like explain to him you know you know what we we were not one we are not we are not amalgamating we, our identity is still there and we quote we showed so many quotes from the gita and all that but you know his 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 determination is was in the mode of passion or ignorance somewhere and then he could not easily accept this thing so he was still in that mayavad this is what happens you know if we are fed with mayavad intelligence that's why it is said mayavad bhasha sunile hoy sarvanash whatever um we hear we will become convinced of that it, it just requires more and more hearing of that we will become convinced of that as a reality if that's why it is said if a truth uh, sorry if a lie is repeated 100 times people will accept it as the truth it is not about, people don't uh, see it on merit on the merit of it they just see how many times it is repeated and who all repeated it if some prestigious person or you know some authorized or something which is supposed to be authorized uh, you know like for example the moon landing hoax big you know news channel is is reporting now everybody has faith in that news channel so oh if he is saying it must be true you know come on so in that way when the lies told by leaders you know who whom people look up to then they will believe they will believe so that's how there's nothing wrong in believing but we have to believe the right thing we have to take knowledge from the right person that's why the parampara system is so important evam parampara praptam emam rajarsho vidu then our intelligence our determination will be properly placed with full correct knowledge not this imperfect knowledge which is actually a product of ignorance knowledge is always perfect imperfect knowledge is actually an oxymoron it doesn't really fit imperfect knowledge means actually it is ignorance in the name of knowledge this is called mayaya paharata gyan mayaya apaharata gyan 
అపహృత మీన్స్ అపహరణం మీన్స్ కిడ్నాప్డ్ స్టోలన్ సో జ్ఞాన స్టోలన్ బై మాయా సో ఇట్ లుక్స్ లైక్ ఇంటెలిజెన్స్ ఇట్ లుక్స్ లైక్ నాలెడ్జ్ బట్ ఇట్స్ యాక్చువల్లీ ఇగ్నరెన్స్ దేర్ ఫర్ భక్తివినోద్ ఠాకూర్ డిస్క్రైబ్డ్ మండెన్ ఎడ్యుకేషన్ టు బీ జడ విద్యాజతం మాయార్ వైభవ్ తుమార్ భజన బాధ ఇట్ ఈస్ అన్ ఇంపాడిమెంట్ టు యువర్ సర్వీస్ కృష్ణ ఇన్ ద నేమ్ ఇన్ ఇన్ ద డిస్గైజింగ్ ఇట్ సెల్ఫ్ ఎస్ నాలెడ్జ్ ద ఇగ్నరెన్స్ కమ్స్ ఇన్ ద ఇన్ ద ఇన్ ద డిస్గైజ్ ఆఫ్ నాలెడ్జ్ అండ్ బి విల్ డిజర్స్ అండ్ వీ విల్ పుట్ అవర్ ఫెయిత్ ఇన్ దాట్ అవర్ ఇంటెలిజెన్స్ బికమ్స్ కన్విన్స్డ్ అవర్ డిటర్మినేషన్ ఇస్ బేస్డ్ ఆన్ అవర్ కన్విక్షన్స్ అండ్ అవర్ మైండ్ ఇస్ ఎంగేజ్డ్ ఇన్ ద కల్చర్ ఆఫ్ నేషన్స్ because of this this illusion therefore it is ignorance uh, knowledge stolen by ignorance maya apahrita gyana so what i wanted to say <coughs> is this as we go higher and higher it becomes more and more subtle and soul is even more subtle than the false ego and the supreme soul is even more subtle <coughs> very hard that's why it is said uh, what is that ata shri krishna namaadi అవర్ సెన్సెస్ క్యాన్ నాట్ అండర్స్టాండ్ ఆర్ ఈవెన్ అవర్ మైండ్ ఆర్ ఇంటెలిజెన్స్ క్యాన్ నాట్ అండర్స్టాండ్ ఎట్ ఎనీ టైమ్ దట్స్ వై ఇన్ దీషో పనిషత్ వీ హెవ్ లర్న్ట్ అనేజ దేకం మనసో జీయో నైన దేవ ఆప్నువన్ పూర్వమర్ష తద్ధావతోన్యానత్యేతిష్ట తస్మిన్ నపో మాతరిశ్వాదాతి సో హీఈ సో ఫాస్ట్ కృష్ణ సో ఫాస్ట్ హీఈస్ ఫాస్టర్ దెన్ ద మైండ్ దట్ మీన్స్ వాట్ హౌ మచ్ అవర్ అవర్ మైండ్ మై స్పెక్యులేట్ whatever it means how much expands it can go still it will never reach krishna never way beyond the purview of the mind intelligence and senses but then you may ask but why did krishna say engage your mind and intelligence if with our mind and intelligence we cannot catch krishna at all why is he asking us to engage our mind and intelligence in his service how to engage if we cannot even catch him yes sri ram so how to engage by submissiveness by surrender first we have to accept him as the supreme and we have to take instructions from him this mind and intelligence when we cannot catch that means this speculation about him to know god with our speculative powers that we can never do so but the mind and intelligence <coughs> is one of the energies of krishna and it has to be used in krishna's service so when we are employing that mind and intelligence properly in the mood of service to krishna accepting krishna's words and then acting on them that is called mayarpita manobuddhir although he cannot be captured but with our mind and intelligence he cannot be captured but if we engage under his direction how krishna says think of me what i have revealed that you accept so that is why our intelligence should um, be used to contemplate on the knowledge and all the leelas revealed by krishna not independent of them that is subjugated intelligence that is uh, submissive intelligence but this challenging intelligence will not get us anywhere to challenge the authority of krishna and try to understand him by our own intelligent intellectual powers no that will not get us anywhere but if we accept the knowledge from krishna 
and act according to his directions then our intelligence is properly placed our mind is properly placed and our senses will be properly placed another thing Prabhupada said now this gradations of earth water fire air ether mind intelligence falls you now if you see what is going on in the name of science in the present day earth for example there are so many books on earth subject we are not talking just about geography geography is yes is one of them mining oil drilling that is also earth fossil fuels metallurgy and you know the creation of even gadgets and everything all these materials will take from earth all that is earth then there are little bit fewer books on water little bit fewer books on fire little bit fewer I mean lesser knowledge on air and ether even lesser knowledge mind psychology is even lesser and it's very it's not very uh, what do we say um, concrete their understanding of psychology is you know all the time changing it's not very they have to do studies and samples and you know, very imperfect way of psychological studies and then there is intellectual studies even lesser finally false ego they have no information of it they somehow sometimes come to a questioning like who am I and why am I here but then they fall back into the you know gross elements again then there is the soul which they have absolutely no clue therefore in the Bhagavad Gita second chapter Krishna says Dehi Nosmin he is talking about the soul Prabhupada therefore said that our knowledge starts at a point that these material scientists have not even reached and they will never even reach even after thousands and millions of years our, our knowledge starts at that point and it goes higher as we go you know higher Bhagavad Gita is in the second chapter soul that soul is so subtle that all these you see earth, water, fire, air and ether you see all these things are what they are interested in now in big big buildings you know Burj Khalifa and now the kingdom tower which is going to be the tallest building in the world I think about one mile tall which is 1.6 kilometers tall I mean can you imagine so they are going to make this tallest what is that? that is a mixture of earth, water, fire and you know intelligence of a few um, engineers and labor of uh, many many workers but it's about this earth just pile up earth somewhere just like ant hills you know ants they also create ant hills they they also create their own skyscrapers so we are just competing with the ants our intelligence is as good as the ant intelligence if we are doing all this skyscraper civilization and think that is advancement then the ants are also doing such civilizations they have huge ant hills very nice very very intricate passageways inside and it was a huge city huge cities they construct and the, nobody can match their workmanship so our, our knowledge is here you know way way higher than what can, these materialists can even imagine now coming back to the today's verse that's why if you actually study each of these verses in depth we can study to great any depth you know we can go to so much depth actually oh yeah before we even go another verse because the determination the, the of in the mode of uh, goodness 
Thus, the mind, senses and life are engaged in that way, right? In every three of the verses purport, we have seen that. Now, this is the mode of goodness. Kāyena vācha manasendriyairvā buddhyātmanāvānusrita-svabhāvāt karoti adyat sakalam parasmai narāyanāyeti samarpayetat In accordance with the particular nature one has acquired in conditioned life, that means according to goodness, passion and ignorance, according to the determination that we have created, whatever one does with body, words, mind, senses, intelligence or purified consciousness, one should offer to the supreme thinking, this is for the pleasure of Lord Narayana. And if one can do that, that is in determination, that is determination in the mode of goodness. That's why Krishna also said in the Bhagavad Gita 9.27 Yat karoshi adashnasi yajjuhoshi dadasi yat Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer or give away and whatever austerities you perform, do that, O son of Kunti, as an offering to me. These are all activities of the mind and the senses and intelligence. And he's saying, do that as an offering to me. That means, first of all, we have to be convinced of Krishna being the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And if we have uh, submissive intelligence, for Krishna, evam parampara praptam, we have to be submissive and inquire from the Guru and render service unto him. In that way, that is that becomes the proper channel, that becomes a fertile ground in which the seed of devotion can sprout and grow luxuriantly. Hmm. Then our intelligence will be properly placed and then all the activities, automatically, the mind and the senses engage in that way. We all act depending on our convictions in life. So, if our convictions are on Krishna as a supreme goal of life. That's it. And because people do not have this conviction, because their intelligence is polluted, avishuddha buddhaya, because of that, they do not know what is the aim of life, what is the goal of life. Srimad Bhagavatam 7.5.31 Nate vidu swartha gatim hi vishnum Durashayaye bahirarthamaninaha Andhayathandhai rupaniyamanas Tepishatantriyam urudam nibadhaha Persons who are strongly entrapped by the consciousness of enjoying material life. You see? They want to, they determine, strongly entrapped. Their determination is strong to enjoy material life. And who have therefore accepted as their leader or guru a similar blind man attached to external sense objects cannot understand that the goal of life is to return home back to Godhead and engage in the service of Lord Vishnu. This is why they do not know. And in that ignorance, their intelligence, their determination is fixed on sense gratification. As blind men guided by another blind man miss the right path and fall into a ditch, Materially attached men led by another materially attached man are bound by the ropes of fruitive labor which are made of very strong cords and they continue again and again in materialistic life suffering the threefold miseries. This is what happens. Because their intelligence is not purified. Even if one is, that's why in the Ishopanishad it is said, uh, even if one, Tato, what is that? Tato bhuya ivate tamo yau Even if one goes to the spiritual domain, and understanding, you know, Brahma and Paramatma, if he doesn't understand Bhagavan, 
still avishuddha buddhaya his intelligence is still not his determination is still not there to serve krishna and therefore he has to fall down that is explained in this verse 10.2.32 yenye ravindaksha vimuktamaninas tvayas tabhavada vishuddha buddhaya aruhya krichrena param padam tatah anad patantyadho nadrita yushmadangraya the patantyadho means they fall down again aruhya krichrena with so much endeavor they go up so high giving up all they sacrifice so many things to get to that stage of you know brahman realization parmatma realization but they fall down because why the intelligence avishuddha shuddha means what pure vishuddha means very pure avishuddha means very impure contaminated polluted someone may say that aside from devotees who always seek shelter at the lord's lotus feet there are those who are not devotees but who have accepted different processes for attaining salvation what happens to them in answer to this question lord brahma and the other demigods said oh lotus eyed lord although non devotees who accept severe austerities and penances to achieve the highest position may think themselves liberated vimukta maninas they may think they may they may speculate that they are already liberated their intelligence is impure they fall down from their position position of imagined superiority imagined superiority because they have no regard for your lotus feet so our determination should be this fixed determination yesham tvantagatam paapam jananam punya karmanam te dvandamoha nirmukta bhajante mam dridhavratah persons who have acted piously in previous lives and in this life and whose sinful actions are completely eradicated are freed from the dualities of delusion and they engage themselves in my service with determination now it is said here that persons who act piously in previous and in this life now you may say um, you know i may not have acted so piously it doesn't matter if we take up now the process in full surrender the same result one will have same result even if we do it now the moment we understand the urgency of krishna consciousness as stated yesterday if we take it up in all earnestness then we can have the same benefit even in this life but we have to completely become determined that i just want to follow this that's it whatever prabhupad says i will follow if that is our intelligence if we determine like that that's it because whatever he says is whatever krishna says right so that is sakshadharitvena samasta shastra so that's how our intelligence should be molded so now going back we'll read from the purport but above the mind is the determination of the intelligence and above the intelligence is the soul proper if therefore the soul is directly engaged with the supreme naturally all other subordinates namely the intelligence mind and senses will be automatically engaged in the katha upanishad there is a similar passage in which it is it is said that the objects of sense gratification are superior to the senses you see this is another a new thing here in the katha upanishad i don't know the exact shloka is not quoted here but you see the translation of it in the katha upanishad there is a similar passage stating the hierarchy of the senses and mind and all that there it is said 
that the objects of sense gratification are superior to the senses. Here, the senses are superior to the body and superior to the senses are the mind. But between the senses and the mind, there is another thing here mentioned in the Katha Upanishad. That is, the objects of sense gratification are higher than the senses because they pull the senses. If some, if I can be attracted by something, that thing which is attracting me is more powerful than me. Right? Uh, so, because the senses are attracted to the sense objects, the sense objects pull the senses. Therefore, they are higher than the senses. Then the mind starts, plans. Then the intelligence, which is always fed these advertisements of Maya. Whatever we hear in this material world is an advertisement. Why? Because it is inducing us to act in a certain way. What is an advertisement? What is an advertisement? Let's see what is an advertisement. Define advertisement. Let's see the dictionary definition of advertisement. <clears throat> a notice or announcement in a public medium. I don't know if you can see that. A notice or announcement in a public medium promoting a product, service or event or publicizing a job vacancy. Well, <laughs> a person or thing regarded as a means of recommending something. So, basically, an advertisement is a device meant to induce us to take an action. That's what an advertisement is. I don't know how they, they, have, they have, you know, define it in a certain way, but <laughs> psychologically how it works is that advertisement by their, why do people advertise their services or products? So that we buy them. So they want to induce us into an action by, by saying something about it. So that was, that's what an advertisement is. That's, that's, that I feel is the correct definition of advertisement. Now, <clears throat> When we hear anything, it um, creates certain impressions in our mind and intelligence and our convictions about life, our viewpoints about life get molded because of those words that we hear, those things that we see, those things that we perceive. So, that is practically an advertisement. And according to that, we act. So, our actions depend on what we hear. So, if we hear a lie a hundred times, we will think that is true and we will act according to that, in response to that. So, Maya is always advertising us, advertising advertising to us. And billboards, just like, why are billboards there? Why are, you know, when you're scrolling, you know, maybe Facebook or YouTube or something, there are ads there. Why? They want to grab your attention. So, the sense objects, they grab the attention of the senses and then the mind starts to dwell on them. Mind is like a crystal ball, you know, like a mirror. Cheto darpan marjanam. Darpan. Darpan means mirror. The Shikshashtaka, the first verse, first two, three words are Cheto darpan marjanam. So, Cheto darpan. Darpan means mirror. Cheta means this mind or heart. This mind is like a mirror. 
whatever we see it will reflect but it's more than just an ordinary mirror because a mirror will reflect whatever is right in front of the uh, right in front of the mirror and then when the thing moves away it will reflect whatever else is in the mirror i mean is in front, is in front of the mirror so it does not endure whereas the mind is more complicated than that we see something and that picture remains in the mind for a long time that's i mean we suppose we see we we watch a horror movie in the theater we go in the night and then watch a horror movie what happens after that <laughs> while you're watching yes it's all you know scary and all that and once you come out even even before you come out when the movie ends then you start looking into the theater and then looking at all the corners and you know like where some somebody my ghost might come or something like that and then after coming out of the theater when you walking on the street and you know, just look uh, maybe the trees from the trees there will be something coming out or you know, all these things why because the mind is just dwelling on that or when one you know you know like in indian movies there are so many songs so we are singing the song over and over again right if one watches a movie these things i mean these things whatever we see the impressions carry with us so it is reflecting in the mind for a long time and sometimes these are life i mean lifelong uh, remembrances memories and sometimes memories come from even before our this current life like sometimes when we dream we we dream of a scene which is which never happened in our life that is because the mind is working and the mind has been the same mind that has been with us for millions of years for millions of lifetimes so those memories which were just stuck somewhere in the bottom of our memory like bubbles you know from sometimes from the sea bed the bubble or the river bed you know the bubble just you know like you know comes all the way up to the surface and like that you know they manifest and we see as dreams or sometimes we have this deja vu experiences when you know when we feel that hey i have experienced this before or something like that why do these things happen because of some conflicting memories you know like from our very infinite past so the mind is a very tricky mirror and whatever we feed it our mind is reflects it our, our and our intelligence will dwell on it and rationalize it so it does not matter whether a person is has intellectual powers he will still be a fool if he is fed with this maya advertisement so because his intelligence although very powerful will will be engaged in the service of that maya according to that maya knowledge therefore it doesn't matter that's why spiritual life is not based on our material intelligence even if a person is not so called intelligent in the material sense but if he takes to krishna consciousness he is far far more intelligent than the so called intelligence of this present of this mundane world so in the kathopanishad it is said that the objects of sense gratification are superior to senses and mind is superior to the sense objects if therefore the mind is directly engaged in the service of the lord constantly then there is no chance that the senses will become engaged in other ways this mental attitude has already been explained param drishtva nivartate is important this is 2.59 of bhagavad gita
विषयावनि वर्तन्ते निराहारस्य देहिनः रसवर्जम रसोप्यस्यात परम दृष्ट्वा निवर्तते दो दी एम्बॉडीड सोल मे बी रेस्ट्रिक्टेड फ्रॉम सेंस एन्जॉयमेंट द टेस्ट फॉर सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट्स रिमेंस बट सीजिंग सच एंगेजमेंट्स बाय एक्सपीरियंसिंग अ हायर टेस्ट ही इज फिक्स्ड इन कॉन्शियसनेस दिस इंपॉर्टेंट नाउ नाउ इफ यू आर एंगेज्ड इन वन वे we can't be engaged in another way this is good thing because that limitation can save us the lord is multitasker he does everything at the same time he can do he has intelligence unlimited i mean he knows each and every one of us not just the human beings he knows the animals the birds the insects the grass the virus the corona virus that is going around he knows he is in the heart of every single of those living entities and he knows the desires of every single one of them and he is providing for them so he is a complete multitasker but we we can only focus 100% on a single task if we are multitasking we are fragment tasking basically we are our attention is like fragmented kind of now if we are doing one thing with full consciousness um, then even though sometimes just like that example of that woman who has a paramour she is doing everything in the house but her mind is always thinking of how to uh, go and meet that paramour so the thing is the taste so there was this one question that was asked by the students of a college to a so called swami from a mayavadi institution uh, they are not krishna devotees they are just um, mayavadis like anything goes and you know, whatever you want to do you can do kind of movement uh, they don't believe in i mean for them krishna all them because everything is one just like that kind of movement so this man the swami was uh, was asked the question how to how to stop lust so he gave the example that you know when you are preparing for the exam you are fully focused in preparing for the exam and you are studying and you are you know at that time at that time when you are so focused and you know your exam is tomorrow and you are like completely trying to you know memorize whatever whatever is there at that time the the thought of sex doesn't come right the thought of lust doesn't come so like that we have to be preoccupied all the time in doing something and therefore and thus we can con- conquer lust it if it is engaged in one way then it cannot be engaged in the other way because we are not multitaskers that's what he said now the problem with that answer is there has to be taste now i should enjoy something if i am doing something yes maybe for for the moment the the mind does not go into lusty thoughts but that state we cannot maintain it it is not endurable because there is no taste one cannot keep on studying for exams all his life and is always in the tense mode no it can't be you know our our consciousness our our focus and everything goes in ebbs and flows and sometimes up and sometimes down so it it, it is not practical to stay high Uh, there was a pamphlet at the prabhupad's early days you know the hippies there the, when they were joining the hari krishna as the high agriva and all that they made this flyer and distributed among the hippies stay high forever and they asked them to come to the chanting of um, you know prabhupad 
and pro and bhagavad gita classes and all that so the the heading was stay high forever so if you want to stay high forever that thing better be much more pleasurable than the lusty desires in order to keep us engaged there all the time otherwise we just can accept one activity but we can't sustain it because there's no pleasure there out of compulsion we're doing it and we can force ourselves for some time but after that we can't stay there in that in that mode all the time but devotional service is different because this taste param drishtvani vartate it is not only keeping us occupied but also giving us a taste a higher pleasure because of which we can actually give up the lower pleasures of sense gratification so it's not just about engagement about being engaged that's why some people many times i meet old people you know they keep working i said why do you work i mean now i mean you 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 are well taken care of and and you have you know you're not in a dire need of you know existence and i mean struggle for existence or something you know why don't you just you know relax and you know read some books you know bhagavad gita i can give you some you know small books if you want to start with them and said no 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 you know sitting idly is you know i, I can't I, i need to work you know I, i have to keep myself engaged otherwise i'll just go mad so i i tell them yeah yeah perfectly fine yes you you must be engaged why don't you read bhagavad gita and books like that i mean by prabhupad not like that means something else no all prabhupad's books so i can give you some books you can read them and if you can't of course i can understand that you can't read them all day um, you can come to the temple and be engaged we have so much service in the temple and you can come and be engaged we can always be engaged so why not engage in this way but you know they are already in their own no, no, no i want to be engaged you know some of them of course take at least some books but this is the thing they want to be engaged and thinking that just by being engaged they won't become mad but you know what they are engaged in that is also very monotonous it doesn't have a taste they just want to be moving around so that they won't become mad just staying in one place like lockdown now everybody is becoming mad at home now they are having infighting home you know the fighting domestic violence is going on sometimes it has increased actually statistics so this is because this is can't be locked up they want to move out you know they want to move about and you know, talk to some people you know engage in some way just keep engaged but the thing is that the subject matters they talk about the, the things they do they complain about them also <laughs> they say I, i i need to be engaged but then they say you know today i went to do this and i and every day i'm just very tired you know i'm very tired i'm doing this and you know i i have to meet these people at workplace and they talk all things and you know like they have their own stories and all these politics happen at workplace and this and that. they they tell all these things and then they say i want to be engaged just because of that money or something you know some or just, they don't know what to do with their lives and then this jarring is like that so and that's exactly what happens so we just can't be engaged in something meaningless we have to be engaged and, and that engagement has to be pleasurable so much more pleasurable that compared with that the lusty pleasures which we look for in this world and among all the lusty pleasures sex life is the highest adirasa adirasa means the the most i mean the highest pleasure in this material world is sex so one will lose attraction for that and then one can be absolutely fixed because ultimately we need happiness that's what we're looking for we're not looking for sex we're not looking for eating some nice food we're not looking for a, a good gadget or something in the end we want happiness out of all this some people they i don't want gadgets i want a simple life 
what are, what do they actually want whether the person who wants gadgets or the person who doesn't want gadgets both of them want happiness whether one is a materialist whether one is a spiritualist they want happiness because anandamayo bhyasa that is the driving force of our existence and what we define as happiness what we are fed into what is what is fed into our system as what happiness is that we will pursue and we think if we can become successful in that we will become happy that's why the today's success story is all about the persons who made the most money in the world right the jack ma the alibaba you know the what is that group ceo richest man whatever i think one of the richest man in the world why is considered a success story because he made money and he was the same person when when he was in his 20s he tried to apply for a convenience store you know the, those those people at the convenience stores they at the cashier counter he he applied for them he applied for that uh, at a at a local chain of uh, whatever convenience store uh, 23 persons applied 22 got through one person was rejected and that was this jack ma so failure i mean such a failure we can't he, can't, he couldn't even get a job at a convenience store cashier counter nobody looked up to him but then when he got money oh he is now an icon an icon of the 21st 20th 21st century why because he has money and that's how we define success because that money can give us sense gratification and then we think that sense gratification is a index of success so basically why these success stories are portrayed in different ways is because that's what we define as success or that that's what we fed we uh, we are fed as what success means economic growth because that is the facility for sense gratification so that's what we need to understand that that is wrong there is a much higher pleasure therefore vishayavanivartante so therefore this verse is there uh, i think next let's see This is what Yadavadhi Mama Cheta Krishna Padara Vinde 15 Oh Yadavadhi Mama Cheta Krishna Padara Vinde Oh that's that's not correct Okay we'll just, we'll just I'll figure out the tune later on because it's a different meter So anyway यदवधि मम चेत कृष्ण पदारविंदे नव नव रसधाम तदवधिबत नारी संगमे स्मरियमाने भवति मुख विकार सुष्ठु निष्ठीवनम दिस इज वाट यामुनाचार्य सैड यामुनाचार्य इज द गुरु ऑफ रामुजाचार्य ही सैड Since my mind has been एंगेज इन द सर्विस ऑफ द लोटस फीट ऑफ कृष्ण एंड आई हैन एंजॉइंग एन एवर न्यू ट्रांसजेंडल ह्यूमर Whenever I think of sex life with a woman my face at once turns from it and I spit at the thought So sex life which is the most enjoyable thing in the material world he is spitting at it because he has an enjoyment far superior in the service of the lord This taste will keep us fixed to Krishna consciousness This taste <clears throat> Therefore in the 9th chapter 2nd verse of bhagavad gita it is said 
राजुविद्याजगुह्यम पवित्रम इदमुतम प्रत्यक्षावगम धर्म्यम सुसुखम कर्तुम्यय This knowledge is the king of education, the most secret of all secrets. It is the purest knowledge, and because it gives direct perception of the self by realization, it is the perfection of religion. It is everlasting, and it is joyfully performed. That word su sukham, su sukham, su sukham means very happy. Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma, Yayatma. Suprasidati, samprasno, yena, samprasidati. So all these words are, and another word is sandra, sandrananda, prashantatma. Hmm. One of the features of devotional service, six aspects of, six features of devotional service is that sandrananda, visheshatma. So one becomes very densely imbued with happiness. Hmm. Another verse in the Mukunamala Stotra is there. Ninth verse of the Mukundamala Sutra. Sarasi Janayane Sashankha Chakre Murabhidima Virama Svachitarantum Sukhataram Aparam Najatu Jane Haricharanas Maranamratena Tulyam. O mind, please never stop taking pleasure in thinking of the Mura demon's destroyer who has lotus eyes and bears. The conch and disc weapon. Indeed, I know of nothing else that gives such extreme pleasure as meditating on Lord Hari's divine feet. This pleasure, you know, is what drives the devotee. And um, who is that? This is Prabhupada's favorite song, actually. Uh, what is that? Tatala Saikate, what is it? Tatala Saikate, Mari Bindu Sama, Sukha Sutamita Ramani Sama, Jay. So he said, Tatala Saikate, Mari Bindu Sama, yes, Sukha Sutamita Ramani Sama, Jay. So he said that. Compared with the ocean of bliss of devotional service, the bliss of sex life, which is which you know, <clears throat> manifests itself as family and wife and children and you know society, society friendship and love, this so-called uh, pleasure of material life is like a drop in the hot sands of the desert. If one is in the desert and one is one's throat is parched and you know completely thirsty to the core and if somebody promises hey come 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 I'll give you some water and then he opens his water bottle and puts and then just one drop falls into the mouth that is, does that even satisfy the person no and that's what this this happiness of sex life is or any of the material pleasures of which the highest is sex that's how it is compared so yes there is some happiness but that is like a drop in the hot sands of the desert. Whereas the, the pleasure of Krishna consciousness is like an ocean. Anandambuthi vardhanam pratipadam purnamrita swadhanam. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describes the ocean of pleasure of Krishna consciousness as an ever-increasing ocean of nectar. 
So comparatively, there's no comparison. When they say higher pleasure, higher taste, it's not just a little bit higher, you know. It's like an ocean and a drop. An ever-increasing ocean and a drop. Is that difference we're talking about. <clears throat> so this mental attitude has already been explained. Parandrishtva Nivartati. Okay, on one more verse. This same thing, this, this, the conviction of the ultimate pleasure and then because of that the determination is so fixed on Krishna consciousness because of that is because of this pleasure that is there you see 6th chapter 20th to 23rd verses yatro paramate chittam niruddham yoga sevaya yatra chaivatman atmanam pashyanatmanitushyati sukham atyantikam yattad buddhigrahyam atindriyam vetti yatra na chaivayam sthitas chalati tatvataha yam labdhva cha aparam labham manyate na adhikam tataha yasmin sthito na dukkhena gurunapi vichalyate tam vidya dukkhasam yoga viyogam yoga samnitam in the stage of perfection called trance or samadhi one's mind is completely restrained from material mental activities by practice of yoga this is the state of Krishna Consciousness. Samadhi means Krishna Consciousness. Actually, there is a definition of Samadhi. We will we'll go there and come here. You see, uh, I think 244 purport, I think. You see, <clears throat> the Vedic Dictionary, the Nirukti says, Samyag Adhiyatesmin Atma Tattva Yathatmyam Samadhi means fixed mind. The Vedic dictionary, the Nirukti says, Samyagadhiyatesmin Atma Tattva Yathatmyam. When the mind is fixed for understanding the self, it is said to be in Samadhi. Samadhi is never possible for persons interested in material sense enjoyments and bewildered by such temporary things. They are more or less condemned by the process of material energy. The mind is fixed, that is the chaste mind. That is the sthita pragna, the chaste mind. When the mind is fixed, so that platform is what we are talking about, the Samadhi, which is only possible when one takes shelter of Krishna. Because even the, the per- persons, the, the transcendentalists who are monists and the Paramatmavadis, they also are not in this Samadhi yet. One can only be in Samadhi when he is in Krishna consciousness. When he doesn't fall down, he is fixed. Because if they are fixed, these transcendentalists should not fall down, right? But they will go so up and then they fall down. So fixed means that's it, no moving from there. Sitas chalate tattvataha. So that is possible in only Krishna consciousness. Once one is there, you see, in the stage of perfection called trance or samadhi, one's mind is completely restrained from material mental activities by practice of yoga. This perfection is characterized by one's ability to see the self by the pure mind and to relish and rejoice in the self. You see, he is getting so much happiness. Hmm. Relish and rejoice in the self. Self means the super self, Paramatma, the Krishna. In that joyous state, that is the real driver. You know, Anandamaya Abhyasa. Once one gets that ultimate joy, one doesn't want anything else. In that joyous state, one is situated in boundless transcendental happiness realized through transcendental senses 
established does established you know he is established fixed does he one never departs from the truth and upon gaining this he thinks there is no greater gain being such situated in such a position one is never shaken even in the midst of the greatest difficulty this indeed is actual freedom from all miseries arising from material contact so one can completely counteract the material miserable condition by being so fixed in krishna consciousness as explained in this verse here so this is what our determination our intelligence should be which is strengthened by the spiritual knowledge given by the supreme soul krishna to the individual soul which then strengthens the intelligence which then guides the mind which in turn guide the senses and that's how our life is spiritualized and purified if the mind is engaged in the transcendental service of the lord there is no chance of its being engaged in the lower propensities because of why first of all it is engaged when you are doing one thing you can't do other thing so when you are doing krishna conscious activities you can't do sinful activities that's one thing but then also engagement is one thing but then the taste that enjoyment in that that is the real driver that sustains that engagement and then this engagement of maya engagement is automatically gone in the katha upanishad the soul has been described as mahan the great therefore the soul is above all namely the sense objects the senses the mind and the intelligence therefore directly understanding the constitutional position of the soul is the solution of the whole problem and how do we get this directly understanding the constitutional position of the soul how can we understand because without mind we cannot understand with our intelligence we cannot understand with our senses we cannot understand the soul right so how to understand then we have there we can only get knowledge from a superior source so we have to get up from a source which is superior to the soul that is only the supreme soul which is krishna and therefore <clears throat> only when we receive knowledge from that place then we can completely solve all problems of life all problems with intelligence one has to seek out the constitutional position of the soul and then engage the mind always in krishna consciousness that solves the whole problem a neophyte spiritualist is generally advised to keep aloof from the objects of the senses but aside from that one has to strengthen the mind by use of intelligence just like we have discussed yesterday that the boys and girls you know they should not be actually mixed you know they should kept apart so <clears throat> that will help to a certain extent but you can't sustain it unless the intelligence you see one has to strengthen the mind by use of intelligence and the intelligence can be strengthened and sharpened by spiritual knowledge so without spiritual knowledge just that's why it is said prabhu pad said the four regulative principles but also the chanting of hari krishna because without chanting hari krishna we cannot really follow the four principles you know in our mind we'll be thinking of them you know in our intelligence you know in 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 that direction therefore spiritual knowledge is the base of all these things so if by intelligence one's one engages one's mind in krishna consciousness by complete surrender unto the supreme personality of godhead then automatically the mind becomes stronger and even though the senses are very strong like serpents they will be no more effective than serpents with broken fangs but even though the soul is the master of intelligence and mind and the senses also still 
unless it is strengthened by the association with Krishna in Krishna consciousness, there is every chance of falling down due to the agitated mind. Although the mind, intelligence and senses are um, lesser than the soul or inferior to the soul, but because these are actually the potency of Maya, which is personal energy of the Lord, therefore, it is so powerful, although they are inferior energy, because she is directly working under the direction of the Lord, she is so powerful that she can bewilder us even with these lower things. Only when we take shelter of Krishna, So for such a person, the senses will no longer be dangerous. This is the verse actually. Kaivalyam narakayate. I am searching for the exact translation of the verse because there is so much, so many times this word is used, but this verse is used, but then the translation okay, this will also, this will work. So you see this nice verse Kaivalyam narakayate tridashapur Akasha Pushpayate Durdantindriya Kala Sarpa Patali Prothkata Damstrayate Vishwampurna Sukhayate Vidhimahendra Dischakitayate Yatkarunya Katakshavai Bhavavatam Tam Gaurame Vastuma Kaivalya, oneness in the effulgence of Brahman, appears hellish to the devotee. The heavenly planets, the abodes of the demigods appear to a devotee like phantasmagorias. The yogis meditate for, cells, for sense control, but for the devotee, the senses appear like serpents with broken teeth. This is the actual verse which Prabhupada was uh, saying, mentioning in that, in that purport. The devotee doesn't have to control his senses, for his senses are already con- engaged in the Lord's service. Consequently, there is no possibility that the senses will act like serpents. In the material condition, the senses are as strong as poisonous snakes. But when the senses are engaged in the Lord's service, they are like poisonous snakes with their fangs removed. And so they are no longer dangerous. The entire world is a replica of Vaikuntha for the devotee because he has no anxiety. He, has, he sees that everything belongs to Krishna and he does not want to enjoy anything for himself. He does not even aspire for the position of Lord Brahma or Indra. He simply wants to engage everything in the service of the Lord. That, therefore, he has no problem. He stands in his original constitutional position. All this is possible when one receives Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's merciful glance. So this is how we have to engage. Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam Bhakti Ruchyate Sarvopadhivanir Muktam Tatparatvena Nirmalam So we have to engage in the service of Krishna. Engage all our senses, our mind, our intelligence in service of Krishna. Alright? I think that is the end of the purport, right? Yeah. So, now we'll take any questions.
today significantly lesser number of questions. Um, okay, first question, I think all questions except one are by Bhaktavirendra. Bhaktavirendra Ekbote from India. Question, the soul resides in the heart, then it is, then is it the human brain where the mind and intellect reside? Does Bhakti reduce our false ego and makes us realize our real ego or identity to be eternal servant of Krishna? So, two questions here. So, the soul resides in the heart. Then is it the human brain where the mind and intellect reside? Actually, they all are in the heart. Cheta sometimes is translated as the heart, sometimes as the mind, sometimes as the soul. So, the thing is, the soul is covered by this mind, intelligence and false ego. But then the intelligence also depends on the brain substance. How much it is revealed. The intelligence and mind is always the same. Whether we were in the dog's body or whether we were in the human body, it is the same mind and intelligence and false ego that we have been carrying in all these bodies. But why the dog's intelligence is lesser than the human being? So that is manipulated by the, the brain substance and that's how the connection is there between the heart and the brain. <coughs> so a goat or a you know or a, or a, what is that um, dog usually they have lesser or the intelligence is covered more in the mode of you know ignorance. So therefore their intelligence is only that much revealed, that much showing. So as the coverings of the modes or the you know modes of nature are removed the true intelligence becomes manifest and shown. So, like that. So, sometimes, of course, there is also a mention where Prabhupada mentions that Daksha, when he was offered a goat's head, he was offering his prayers to Lord Shiva and he was exactly acting like what he was because Daksha was beheaded by Lord Shiva and then he put on a goat's head. Similarly, uh, Lord Shiva did that to his own son Ganesh also. He, he beheaded him and then added an elephant's head. It basically, it's a head transplant. And not even a human head transplant, it's an animal head put on a human. But then, the intelligence remained the same, surprisingly. So, what role does the intelligence play? I mean, the brain play? It's hard to describe actually. But definitely, you know, we always point mind intelligence here. But then, the soul is covered by this gross body and of course a subtle body can actually exist in more than one region and you know? it's like it's it's more than just in the heart so maybe there's a more specific description of how this intelligence exactly exists um, in which part because we always point to the head when we talk about intelligence and mind but mind is actually in the heart I mean heart and mind is, is used synonymously in Vedic literature but intelligence, sometimes, you know, we always point to the head, right? <clears throat> Basically, the brain is governing the entire body, body's activities. And therefore, it is like the central system where everything is. But is that where intelligence is? You know, intelligence is a very subtle, subtle element, you know. <laughs> and because our brain is usually the one which is controlling the activities of the senses of this body, the gross body, we attribute that place to the intelligence and rational power. And there is some psychological studies which they did that the 
the you know even Prabhupada quoted that many times when he was mentioning that uh, women is less intelligent than man and when he also always quoted his professor Urquhart you know from his Scottish Churches College um, where <coughs> he he presented that study of psychologists when they study the mm, the gray matter and then the 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 weight of the brain and the the weight of the woman's brain is always uh, I think the maximum it was found to be 34 or 36 ounces and in man it was found to be a maximum of 72 ounces so there's a vast difference there so that you know um, is a indication of intelligence so in in a way there is like a kind of um, relation between the size of the brain and intelligence and also sometimes they say the number of creases in the brain also is uh, how many creases you have that many intel- i mean that that is more in- that is how much more intelligent a person is so they have all these studies but again <clears throat> vedic speaking about vedic but Prabhupada did quote that as a context so there is some relation definitely and according to that our intelligence is revealed but then again when daksha was put the goat head he did not behave like a goat nibbling on grass and eating plants he did not do that <laughs> he he spoke just like a very learned person daksha um, and even ganesh for that matter he has a elephant head but you know he he is not like an elephant you know so yeah, it's, it's a very subtle thing you know it's hard to describe then next um bhakta virendra uh, no, there's a second question there does bhakti reduce our false ego it's not reducing there is either false or true ego it's a binary thing one or zero either you are false ego or either you are true ego so of course when you are transitioning you know you know when we are rising from the material platform to the spiritual platform why what exactly is happening is We understand that we are servant of Krishna, but still we are stuck in our bodily concept. So slowly, we are, slowly we are coming out of that. So yes, with bhakti, with more and more we engage in bhakti, our false identification with matter subsides. Hmm? And yes, as much as that happens, our true ego, our true intelligence, our true identity, sorry, um, is revealed. Yes, the only process is about bhakti. As we engage more and more, more and more we our real real identity becomes manifested next question by bhakta virendra agya chakra situated between the eyebrows is the location of mind and intellect so i asked whether it is the brain well yeah maybe i don't know i actually don't know about this chakra thing so yeah maybe if there is a if there is an authorized statement from the Vedic literature that points to this exactly, maybe, you know, then it can be validated, you know. But sometimes when mind and intelligence sometimes is also referred to as the heart. So, you know, it's all connected, it's all interconnected anyway. It's not, it's not disconnected, isolated parts. So, um, next question by Bhakta Venkatesh. Now, <laughs> more than, more important than where the intelligence is and where the mind is, and when, we should know how to use it. 
Like for example, when you are driving a car, you don't exactly have to know where the piston is and where the, you know, whatever, whatever parts of the car are. You need to know how to use it to get to your destination. So a person who, who passes a driving license does not know what is in the car. That is not at all the subject of the test. The subject of the test is how we use it to properly get into to the destination and not crash it somewhere. So that's what the test is about. So how can you use it properly? So similarly, it's all very complex systems that you know this whole human body is to study it an, at anatomically, anatomy of the human body. It takes many years in the in the medical school. So it is it's very very you know complex, and the mind, intelligence, and false ego are even more complex. Now the main thing is we need to know how to use all these things for our journey to go back to Godhead. So, wherever the mind is, we need to think about Krishna. We have to use that mind to think about Krishna. So, that's what we need to know. We as a driver of this vehicle, we are not an engineer of this vehicle. Yes, to satisfy our curiosity, Krishna explains to some extent, you know, like how everything works and you know how the universe is work, working, how our body is working, how the, you know, the baby is developing in the womb of the mother. These details to an extent are given. But then again, we cannot know completely everything, but we should be satisfied with that knowledge and then proceed on to actually using it in proper way. That's the real thing. Um, by Bhakta Venkatesh, is it like chaste husband terminology also there then? Where I actually need context for this question of Venkatesh. Actually, which point of the lecture he asked? Because then I would be able to connect. Because it was dependent on something that I said. He said, Ha ha, Hare Krishna Prabhu, is it like chaste husband terminology also there then? Where? I want to know that. Okay, next question in the meantime. My Bhakta Virendra. Lord Shiva, who is Yogesh Yogeshwar, taught Devi Parvati Ashtang Yoga, which latter Patanjali composed in his Yoga Sutras, while Yogeshwar Bhagavan Krishna explained various yoga pa- yogic paths in Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna but stressed upon Bhadav Bhakti Yoga to attain him. Is it correct? Well, I don't know about it, this incident of Lord Shiva actually teaching Parvati about Ashtanga Yoga. But Patanjali, yes, he composed the Yoga Sutras. And um, the actual Yogeshwar is actually Krishna, the master of all yogic powers. And yes, he of course advocated the bhakti yoga system as the topmost in the 6th chapter 47th verse next question by Bhakta Virendra is chanting of holy names in submissive surrendering focused and concentration mode will lead to conversation between our soul and super soul is that real chanting which leads to purification and self-realization this can't be you know imitated we just have to follow yes we have to be focused we have to be but it doesn't immediately we will have a conversation with you know Krishna right away we have to come to the point of Nama from Nama Aparad stage we have to come to the point of Nama Abhas stage and then we have to climb to the Shuddha Nam stage and then only then only will that be possible so there, it's a lot of purification that needs one day I chanted you know attentively it doesn't mean you know, I have become perfect no and actually we are not really attentive we are trying to be attentive but actually if you f- if we focus and see where our attention actually is he is running to a million directions without even our knowing. 
mind is so fast you know ah wow mishumba prabhu has quoted from the katha upanishad beyond the senses are the rudiments of its objects beyond these rudiments is the mind beyond the mind is the atman known as mahat great this is the exact verse that was quoted by prabhupada indriyebhya let's take out that uh, i hope i can take out in the comments Mm. Oh yes, here it is. Oh, Vishwamitra Prabhu is uh, very nice. Always comes to my rescue. Indriyebhyaha parahyartha Arthebhyascha paramanaha Manasastu parabuddhir buddheratma mahanparaha This is the actual verse. The next question. Uh, Krishna Smaranam Prabhu. how is karma evaluated when there is a heart transplant so fortunately shri prabhupad already explained this question because it was asked to him what happens during a heart transplant if if the soul is in the heart then what exactly happens when the heart is replaced and how come the soul is still there because the soul has to go with the heart right so prabhupad explained that just like if now i am sitting on a chair by the way actually for the last 3 days i've been sitting on a chair i've been sitting on the floor actually before but now oh my back and knee were hurting a lot so i'm sitting on a chair now so now i'm sitting on a chair so if i have to sit on another chair i will get up and this chair is removed and the other chair is put and i sit back on that chair and i'm in the same position here so similarly this heart is like the seat for the soul so when the heart transplant happens this heart is removed other heart is put and if it is connected and if it is suitable the soul will sit back again in that heart so that's how it's like just like a musical chairs kind of thing you know one chair goes and another chair comes and the heart, the soul sits on that heart and life continues so that's how it works that's what proper explain then okay venkatesh prabhu venkatesh uh, bhakta venkatesh yes added some clarification you were telling about chaste women by mistake you told chaste husband <laughs> chaste husband and smile a story about sinful brahmana son and wife chaste husband so that question was is it like chaste husband terminology also there then well he was not chaste right uh maybe he was he was controlled by the chastity of his wife well i don't get the joke probably because i don't really get it yet but it's okay next question bhagavad gita chapter 6 20 to 23 explain something so we have just explained that so anyway um we, we can't go more in depth thank you very much for coming on and joining in this class and before we close i just want to thank all of you who have donated for this new laptop and today uh we have reached the target of the fundraiser and i thank every one of you for kindly contributing all your you know uh, hard earned money for this service of this new laptop so uh, we'll get, we'll be getting that laptop maybe in a 
I think uh, maybe today is what? Maybe in a week's time, probably. Then uh, we should be able to use all that, the new laptop in this service of Krishna here in live streams and also doing some other, lot of services to be done actually. Thank you very, very much, all of you. I'm, I'm really surprised. <laughs> so, within just like two, three, three, four days practically, it was raised and thank you all very much for that. Hare Krishna, Bhagavad Gita ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Ananta Koti Vaishnavrind ki jai, Nitai Gaur Premanande, Hari Hari Bol, Hare Krishna.